this podcast contains adult content, including cannabis. You're listening to Bella's Who Plays. Everyday discussions elevating cannabis lifestyles from a female perspective. Joining me this episode is my very good canna friend, Danny. She also goes by Hempress Adina. Based in Vancouver, you have a cannabis accessories brand, also called Hempress Adina, where you sell vape charms, sniftins, which, by the way, has completely changed my life. We'll get to that. <laughs> and many others, all the way through to cannabis-themed jewelry. I have some earrings that like to make me feel glam. So thank you so much for glowing me up with all of your fabulous crafts. Cannabis plays a huge part in fueling your creative side, and I'm excited to dive in and learn more about how you integrate it into your lifestyle. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on it. Thank you for being one of my best promoters. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. Any day, any day. Um, so tell me, how did your relationship with cannabis begin? Ah, well, uh, like most high school kids, I tried it once or mm-hmm. twice at a party, but I was quite a heavy drinker back then, so I don't think I even noticed wow. what it did. Yeah. And it wasn't until I uh, moved away and went to college and had more regular access to cannabis that I really that I realized that it was actually helping treat um, a medical condition that I've had since childhood, which is IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, it was just total coincidence that I noticed that it was actually alleviating quite a few of the symptoms without any real side effects besides getting high and at that age, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. So and it was just having better access to it that really kind of made the difference because in my small town of like 6,000 people, you just, you couldn't find it and whatever you could find it, you didn't even know if it was any good or whatever. So when I started, when I moved to the big city, I had my own connections and stuff. Yeah, it starts really uh, get into it. And then I moved to BC specifically so I could have even better access. <laughs> so, that's the real draw card. That. Yeah, that's the real draw yeah. card for BC, right? Everyone's like, BC bud, I'm just going to go there. <laughs> oh, well, like in my career, I had the choice between going to Toronto or Vancouver, really, for the major markets. And I was like, nah, Vancouver for the mm. weed. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy choice. <laughs> exactly. And when did you really start noticing? Like, how did you even come to that realization of noticing, actually, my cannabis consumption is really helping my IBS? Was there a particular moment? I don't think it was so much a moment. It's just that, like, specifically with uh, IBS, I wouldn't have much of an appetite. And and I also had certain trigger foods that I loved, but I, like, I just could not eat. And then I noticed when I had cannabis around these certain foods or whatever, wasn't a problem. All of a sudden, I didn't have the cramps or I didn't have the stomach ache or whatever. And then I found if I consumed it more regularly, it was more of almost like a protective effect even. So I was like, oh, well, if I just keep smoking cannabis, all of a sudden these triggers aren't half as bad as they were. And I actually have an appetite. I can actually put on weight now. <laughs> so, <laughs> and boy, did I. <laughs> yeah. So, From not know, being it, able to eat to having like a substantial appetite is quite a difference. Yeah, exactly. So that's that was kind of like, I wouldn't say it's one moment, but it was just realizing that certain trigger foods weren't half as bad anymore. And the only thing I was doing was smoking cannabis. Like my life was pretty stressful because of university and also, mm-hmm. it also helped, I'm sure with that because IBS is also like to anxiety. And we all know that, you know, cannabis and CBD also help with anxiety. So I think it's all of that. And especially because your uh, large intestine also has cannabinoid receptors, just mm-hmm. like your brain. Yeah. So I mean, to kind of segue here. Um, I did so much research on the anatomy of cannabis and stuff that even like 20 years ago when I 
first figured this out, I was the one going to the doctors saying, I'm taking cannabis and I'm using it to treat my IBS. And it was really a fight at the beginning to even just justify it. Like, they're like, oh, why are you doing that? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's there's actual little bit of science plus, you know, my personal experience with this. And you can tell me whatever you want, but I'm going to keep using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I don't believe in, like, hiding things from doctors, even if, you know, you're not super proud of it or whatever. I think it's more important to tell them and at least have them aware. So there's quite a few debates <laughs> in the beginning about why I was using it. Yeah. But uh, I came armed with information, so. That's amazing. You've done more research than the doctors. Yeah. Well, and again, because it's partly stigma, partly because just lack of research. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, yeah, some of them just, they had a certain view that cannabis was one thing and that it couldn't help. And then when I came to them as a very young person saying, no, this is this is helping. This is why. Mm-hmm. I th- you know, I'd like to think I maybe changed some minds, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. And how do you manage your IBS now with cannabis? So... I guess at the root of it, it's still about managing anxiety and managing my pain levels. Mm-hmm. Like it certainly isn't a cure. And I would tell anybody it's a cure for that. But it's but if I'm having a bad flare up, like I've got a vape pen I can take. Mm-hmm. I'm exploring CBD now more for the flare ups as well. Mm-hmm. But I still do like THC for just immediate pain relief, basically. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just having a bad flare up in the middle of the night, you can take a little bit of cannabis and go back to sleep. You can feel okay kind of thing. Nice. And aside from IBS, you're also going through a few other health challenges currently. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how your almost cannabis consumption and your relationship to cannabis has changed with that? Absolutely. Hooray for getting older. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, and ironically, like my mom was not a big fan of my cannabis usage for a long time, mm-hmm. but I was very open with her because once I was an adult, I was like, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can, you can't do anything about it. But as she's gotten older, she started having, you know, like back pain and arthritis and stuff. So I suggested CBD for her mm-hmm. and she started taking CBD overnight and she's kind of gone off and off, off and on because she kind of wants to see if it's working, mm-hmm. but she's back on it. Like every time she comes back on it for sleep because it seems to be the best thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've been trying to trace down the source of some chronic exhaustion I've had and it got worse after, excuse me, catching COVID. Mm. So, um, uh, we've, we've, we don't know what it is for sure, but there's definitely some inflammation going on and some high cortisol levels. And so I'm finding that the prescriptions I'm getting aren't really lasting throughout the day and the night. Cause I'm always supposed to take it like once a day. So, and I used to get terrible anxiety dreams, you know, like you're, late for school you try to catch a plane or you're moving you're packing I had this for like two years like usually when you know you have a high episode of stress you get like anxiety dream but I was getting these dreams every night for like two years and not realizing until I stopped but they stopped when I started taking CBD before bed wow so I'm pretty sure what it is is reducing my cortisol levels to a point where I'm not super anxious all the time mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so I just went out today and bought more CBD so that I can so like it's it's important for me to do it in conjunction with the anti-inflammatories that they've also mm-hmm. prescribed for me and when I go I'm getting recommended to a specialist to an internist I'm definitely going to come with my information and say listen I'm, I'm also supplementing overnight with CBD mm-hmm. just so you know like whether you think it's good or bad or interacts with something, yeah. we can talk about that. But right now, this is what's taking me through the night. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, because you also came from quite a small town. Was it near Edmonton? Or Yeah, that? two hours outside of Edmonton. Yeah, so, and yeah. so the perception of cannabis there was quite different to Vancouver. 
and remembering you kind of eased your mum into the idea of CBD with a topical, I think, at the time. Yes, I think the one that you recommended, yeah. actually, that, uh, that Liger bomb. Yes. So, and it's all related to this back pain she's been having, and it's getting to the point where they're actually going to, like, burn off some nerves wow. and stuff just to, like, yeah. I don't want to get into her history too much because she's not volunteering. Yeah. This, but, yeah, like, she's getting to the point of some serious procedures. Um, but she's still... And she's taking down all her other meds and she's cut out a lot of other meds, but CPD is still the thing. And she, now she goes out and buys it. Bless her. She just still doesn't know what her dosage is. I can ask her. And she's like, I just take a dropper full. I take 30 milliliters. And I'm like, well, how many milligrams <laughs> yeah. is that? Cause, cause I think her tolerance is increasing. Cause she's like, ah, it's not working like it used to. And I'm trying to explain to her that it's probably your tolerance going up. So you either have to take a break or take more. Mm. So I want to figure out how many milligrams per milliliter she's taking. And, and unless I see the bottle, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what she's getting. I have a feeling she has a pretty low tolerance though. So I think she's okay, still doing okay. Yeah. But, uh, That's yeah. amazing to be, to go from, you know, being sent little care packages from you to now branching out to going out <laughs> and getting it herself. That's like progress. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, and I've got like a great story about uh, my outing yes. for cannabis. If you want oh, it. So, please. <laughs> so years ago, I, I think I was like, I don't know, 23 ish, maybe even younger, 20. And I'd already, I think been pretty open about my cannabis use, but I'd come back home for like an Easter or Christmas or something. And so it's my stepfather and my mother in the front seat and it's me in the middle seat and my two sisters in the uh beside me on each seat in the back and we're coming back from some event and we're all adults at this point and my mom's making this big show of dance about I don't know why you need to smoke cannabis <laughs> and what's the big deal and you know blah 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 and my dad turns to her and goes Jermaine if she didn't smoke it, it'd be even weirder. <laughs> and I'll always remember that. But like, she had all this stigma. And they're both relatively conservative, being rural people and stuff like yeah. that. But um, And she's generally pretty open-minded. But she kind of wanted to, she was kind of on this like high horse of, you know, why are you smoking cannabis? And then for my dad just to be like, you know what? It's, no, it's weird if she was like 20 and not smoking. Yeah. <laughs> so just like lay off. Yeah. I love how he's a lot more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually he, we got him to try some too because he also had pain issues. Mm -hmm. He was actually the first one to try it. And mm -hmm. it, it ended up not being his cup of tea or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, ironically, it's my mom that ended up taking yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was actually the first. He was more adventurous than she was, which is kind of the theme, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I just love the irony of how she was, you know, on that high horse for a while until it really benefited her. And she's now a convert, oh, yeah. basically. And I think she's really like a, a, a prime example of her generation. Mm, mm -hmm. Like, cause she's a boomer and she's on the tail end of them. Yeah. And uh, I think it's very much like that one perception of it, especially from the war on drugs mm -hmm. or whatever. And now that they're aging, they're really seeing the benefit, especially like for her, she's got a lot of stomach problems and CBD doesn't have any side effects. Doesn't cause any issues. Like she can be on like Advil or all this other stuff. And she's got stomach aches and stomach problems, but she takes a CBD and, no problem kind of thing so I think mm. yeah it's really indicative of that generation as they get older they don't want a ton of pills and they don't want a ton of side effects yeah so, they just want to yeah. feel good with their pain lessened, their ailments kind of dealt with on a daily basis yeah. and it's amazing exactly. to see that such a large growing um, consumer base is that seniors group of you know 60 65 plus because 
they're slowly coming to that realization, particularly in a legalized market like Canada. Yeah, which is definitely. Incredible. But it's funny because my parents before, like, they were kind of dipping their toe in a year or two before, and they were trying to get me to like send stuff. And I was like, <laughs> you know, this isn't legal. Like, I can't <laughs> like send it through the mail. And they're like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but really, like, legalization's not here yet. <laughs> yeah, it's coming, but coming. not yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, now I don't worry. Like, I guess one of the good things about legalization is I don't worry about my mom going into like a dispensary and getting sold a false bill of goods mm-hmm. like yes the dosages aren't very high for medicinal or for therapeutic uses yeah but for her purposes at least if she goes in this is what she's getting this is what she's paying and it's a pretty reliable source that's been tested exactly so, you know, tested like must... is a big one yeah exactly she knows what's in it so it's not so it's a bit more yeah stability in that not some black marketplace as well like the black marketplaces were nice Mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. but you just you know you just don't 100% know what you're getting ever you, you, yeah you, you can't so yeah yeah as much as it's fresh <laughs> yeah as much yeah I, I mean I when won't tell you where flower. I got this yeah, yeah. <laughs> as There's she actually, waves her vape pin <laughs> I know, right? yeah exactly well like I actually don't know the like there's a great first nations uh, chain in the in my town mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what the legal status is to be honest but I love it <laughs> it's my yeah. favorite chain that's where I go it's it's partly just because they've got the quality stuff and it's partly just supporting the first nations community like yeah. just, I'm all for it so that's really important and I love that you're doing that and I love that it's local oh yeah like these guys are all over town and they're busy like the regular like the fully legal cannabis shops you see one or two cars with these guys, like parking lots, pretty hopping. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so aside from kind of the wellness management aspect of cannabis and your cannabis use, you're also quite a creative person. And does cannabis help with your creativity? And if so, how? Oh, well, totally. I never thought I was a creative person until, <laughs> until I started until I tried being a creative person and working in the cannabis industry, to be honest, I never, yeah, I never thought I was that creative. And then I uh, decided that one of the things I want to do for the rest of my life is get stoned and make stuff. Yes. <laughs> and that's turned out pretty well. <laughs> so, Turns out yeah, you make I some mean, really uh, great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at the heart of anything I make, I, I make it for me specifically. Mm-hmm. And then if I like it or if I like the prototype or whatever, then I sell it. And that's how I know it's working for my customers because I'm, I'm customer number one mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how that sniff tin started yeah. specifically because we'll loop back to the IBS like um, well it's a mix of as a rebellious teen mm-hmm. enjoying smoking menthol cigarettes yes. to um, menthol like peppermint oil uh, actually being a big part of helping my IBS uh, menthol actually that's what's in one of those like align uh, medications or whatever on TV mm-hmm. is actually uh, peppermint oil. So it's quite, uh, it's actually quite good for your uh, intestines and your upset stomach as mm-hmm. well. So I was like, well, I want minty cannabis. How do I make that happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it took a couple of uh, years and a couple of prototypes. But yeah, I figured out how to get that peppermint oil to infuse into my cannabis. And so you can taste it when you smoke it, but you can taste it better when you vape it kind of thing. So it's all about how much you can handle, really. Mm, yeah, because sometimes <laughs> if you leave it in your tin for a bit too long, it can get pretty strong. You know, like, whoa. <laughs> It's almost yeah, like ice going you. through your lungs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it'll clear out your sinuses real good. <laughs> yeah, I um, I've ordered your tins to get shipped back to Auckland, and I've distributed them amongst kind of my community. And every time I meet someone that doesn't have one, they're like, "Hey, do you have that minty 
minty joint or minty weed. And um, people ask my friends as well. They're like, are you the one with the tin? And they're like, no, nah, I'm not the one. <laughs> It's so funny, the one with the tin. Yeah, exactly. Because people either love it or hate it. There's some people that really do not like want mint anywhere near their weed. And I understand. Yeah, (laughs) I completely get it too. I get it too. But I also went through a phase of menthol cigarettes in that rebellious kind of (laughs) college years. But missing that kind of soothing sensation as well when you consume cannabis. I haven't tried vaping the cannabis though that's been infused oh yeah so yeah highly recommend although uh, again you could try it with lavender you could try it with orange i like mixing lavender and cbd so and there's i've seen a few vape cartridges that do that as well there's some nice ones but uh, i uh, yeah i've infused some of my cbd flower with the lavender and it's not as silky tasting as you would think (laughs) i know in my mind it's very floral it's not bad. And even then, like, I would mix and match, like, maybe throw in a little bit of orange and a little bit of lavender. Yeah, that sounds nice. Throw yeah, in a bit of goes, mint, right? too, while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a little You'll blend. Mix it up. Yeah, exactly. Why not? But don't use the artificial stuff. Uh, no. A friend of mine and a customer found out the wrong way. She used the, I think, the bed and body works. Oh, and body works, yes. Like, diffuser oil. And she had to buy a new tin. It completely like ruined the tin even. Like she was like, I need to, I was like, I can replace the pad for you. So no, the tin is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> just keep maybe tin. business cards or something in that one. And yeah, exactly. Which is a great, yeah, that's, that's what the other half of the people use that tin I for. know. <laughs> so to explain to people what a sniff tin is, imagine like yeah. a mint tin, kind of like a size of a mint tin that's got a little cork pad on the lid and you drop a couple drops of pure organic essential oil, like food grade essential oil onto it. And then you put your cannabis in there or your joints or whatever you want to smoke and you seal it into that tin and it basically infuses the cannabis with that scent and aroma. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, we found out actually after legalization that it's a great way to rehydrate your bud as well because as we both know post-legalization mm-hmm. bud has been quite dry legal bud for business purposes yes. yeah legal buds super super dry but and there's many different products on the market to rehydrate it and yeah that's great but this one specifically it'll rehydrate with the cannabis oil so it's not just straight up humidity you're putting in there you're actually putting the oil back into it so i think that's why it uh, takes on so much more on the legal Mm. (laughs) but it makes it real strong but again that's another reason people buy it is just to rehydrate their legal buds such a great idea the original by the way was a mint tin and it was a mint tin because i've eaten all those mints yeah altoids (laughs) because altoids have peppermint oil which i've taken for the ibs so i have tons of these tins everywhere And so the so I, the prototype's still in my living. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure I had one that yeah. was an Altoids tin with a little yeah. paper on top that was like a yeah. cute little design. Even yeah. just the first time you gave me a business card and I was smelling my handbag, I was like, what is that that smells so good? And I sniffed everything and it was your business card. <laughs> it's like, genius. Yeah. <laughs> and that was geranium oil, which makes it smell like roses. Yes, so, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. My next um, kind of trial for that is to actually drop terpenes onto those pads, like those terpene isolates that you can get. I've got... Yeah, I got Yeah, me too. I've got a limonene one. I've even got blended ones that are like a green crack blend or a granddaddy purple blend. So I'm going to try those out 
and see how that goes. I don't know if it compares to essential oil, but. Well, it is from what I remember from my training, like a terpene is actually a building block of essential oil. Like it's, it's part of the aromatic chain. Mm -hmm. So you're just taking a section of it. So when you're smelling peppermint, you're actually smelling several terpenes kind of thing. Yeah. So it's really just a isolate. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of making a couple of blends myself and uh, dropping them in the tins before they go bad, because I'm sure they go bad yeah. eventually. Yeah, so well, they're pretty volatile probably. So out of all the methods of cannabis that you can consume, especially in that legalized um, space, what is your preferred consumption method? Oh, I still love to smoke it. I mean, and if I thought my lungs could take it, I, I would smoke it a lot more. Mm -hmm. So now I try to vape a little more or take edibles, but uh, I still like a glass pipe on a nice patio on a sunset. Like, can't do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's something really nice about a pipe, even just when it comes to the lazier side of myself. When you really can't be bothered putting that extra effort into roller joint. And sometimes it's a really nice ritual to do that. Sometimes you just want a little sneaky cone. And it's so good to have like a pipe on hand to be able to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also have nice pipes. So, you know, like, so it's, it's part of like maintenance is why you clean them. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just, yeah. And you don't have to worry about anything else contaminating your cannabis besides maybe your lighter like it's you don't have to worry about the papers yeah. or this or that or whatever it's just especially when you know you probably know that feeling of a nice clean pipe like you've just cleaned mm -hmm. it and all of a sudden you take a hit you're like whoa yeah <laughs> just got the full smoke yeah nothing <laughs> blocking it <laughs> yeah exactly nice clean pipe and a nice little bowl that's still my favorite so we've spoken about how cannabis has helped your health it helps your creativity has it ever negatively impacted your life Hmm. I think really just the stigma and probably the cost. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a stupid expensive or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's not like you can entirely write it off during tax time either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, do, I used to have a prescription specifically for that reason. Um, yeah, I think it's just more the stigma of not being taken seriously when people find out you smoke cannabis. That's why I never in my previous career mentioned it because it was a big drinking culture mm. uh, i used to work in television and it's not like they were against cannabis but i wanted to be taken seriously especially as a young female mm. and i thought that if i was open about my cannabis use then it would somehow take away the credibility i'd worked so hard for because like i know plenty yourself included of intelligent female cannabis smokers and, and it hasn't affected anything they're still they're fully functional they can do their jobs they can be creative they can be smart but the minute you say that they take cannabis, you're like, all of a sudden your IQ drops 50 points. Mm, yeah. And suddenly you become like classed as the same as a stoner bro type. Yeah. And you're not ambitious. Yeah. Although I was probably one of the most ambitious people you've met, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. So, I mean, it has chilled me out quite a bit, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I, I would say it's mostly the stigma has been the issue, but uh, hopefully that's changing. Absolutely. And with your range of cannabis use have you ever um over consumed or we in the industry would refer to it as greening out <laughs> i over consumed two days ago <laughs> tell me what happened you know, just, oh god just like you know like you, i have a really high tolerance and you know you, you think nothing's ever gonna get to mm -hmm. you 
Um, but uh, first of all, I always have the worst experiences like of breathing out when I have an empty stomach, whether it's smoking or eating or whatever. Yes. If I have an empty stomach, it seems to hit me a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And I think what it was was someone had given me some black market edibles. And uh, I think the dosage was like 25 milligrams per tiny little dot on this gummy. And there's four dots left. And I was like, I, it, I can handle it. It's not that strong. And it, like, it was getting old and tough. And I was just like, whatever, I'll just take it all. It'll be fine. <laughs> so what's that? I felt it that night. Like 100 milligrams? Uh, it's 100 milligrams. Yeah. So, and usually I, yeah, that's about like where my tolerance is at, I would say. Right. So like, it takes about 50 for me to feel it. Mm-hmm. And so I just doubled my normal dose basically. And it wasn't like the worst green out I've ever had. But I could tell, like, it was rising my anxiety. Like, all of a sudden, I was getting paranoid about Ooh. things. And I was getting anxious about things that I wasn't anxious. And thank God I was at home just relaxing, playing video games and stuff. So it didn't matter. And I'm experienced enough that I was like, duh, just ride it out. Just, like, just keep distracting yourself. Just keep hydrated or go to bed or whatever. You, like, you'll be fine. At least I knew what I was going through so I could <laughs> talk myself out of it kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it definitely took a little too much that night. I, yeah. I could tell. Because <laughs> 100 milligrams is what? Maybe around? Oh, I don't think you could smoke a 100 milligrams worth of joints. Like, it's... Because each joint's got, like, at most 25 to 29% THC. THC. True. And that's just whatever you're sucking in, whereas mm. as opposed to an edible, where it just your... keeps coming as it's being broken down by your liver. And technically, it's a THC V or something. It's a, or, yeah, it's a slightly different. 11-hydroxy. Yeah, so it's even, it's a slightly different thing. I could have taken CBD to temper that out. There's a couple of theories about why CBD helps. Some say that it actually just pushes it through your system, just replaces it on the receptors. So I have CBD and I could have taken it, but I was... I wasn't that bad. I didn't even go to sleep. Usually when I take too much, I go to, like, I just pass mm-hmm. out. But it wasn't even at that point. I was just like, oh, I just feel kind of gross and paranoid. Yeah, so like your heart racing here. a little bit. and Yeah, I don't even know if it was that bad. It was just one of these, like, yeah, it was the anxiety. I could just tell that I was feeling anxious about stupid, stupid things. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it didn't last very long, thankfully. That's good. And did you do anything to kind of calm yourself down or, or you just knew yeah, that? distraction. Right. Yeah. So, you know, petting the kitty, <laughs> playing video games and stuff, just to kind of like take my mind off the like anxious thought spiral that you, mm. <laughs> that you get on kind of thing. So anything just to break that kind of thing. So. Yeah. And are you working on anything for Hemp Sedina's Etsy shop? Yeah, I'm working on, and you've you've seen the prototype of um, resin ashtrays. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just fun. That's just another creative outlet because I discovered that uh, resin crafts can be a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and you can do a lot of cute designs with it. So, uh, and with spring yeah, coming up, that. that's going to be cool. You'll be able to mix your resin yeah. outside because I know that that was one thing that it's, you couldn't do in winter. <laughs> It's yeah, and especially it's not even so much the cold. Well, it's partly the cold, but it's also the humidity. Like it's it's really like you're mixing chemicals. So yeah, you really need kind of the right temperatures, and you need to keep the cats and the bugs away from it too, which is another thing. That's true. You could be yeah. So yeah, mostly onto a niche cat hair and bug resin. (laughs) Anybody who orders something from me probably has cat hair on the tape that I tape the label with. (laughs) So a piece of my cat has been all around the world. I suspect. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. What would your biggest tip be 
for someone who's starting on their cannabis journey? Uh, I would say, especially because I'm in a legal country, Mm. just, you know, go with where your instincts tell you. All the old schoolers have, like they say, you got to do the pipe or you got to do the blades. Like they, everyone's got their own ritual and their own way of doing it. They're going to try to tell you that that's the way of doing Mm -hmm. it. That's the way of consuming it and enjoying it. But the whole point is that it is a journey and and you get to figure out what you like to do. You know, do you want to go for walks? Do you want to play video games? Do you like sativas? Do you like indicas? Like there's so many, excuse me, so many different options. And it's, it's such a, it's a great, it's such a great variety that I would say, don't let anybody dictate the way that you're going to consume it, the way you're going to enjoy it. Like just figure that out for yourself. Cause that's really part of the fun. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got a second tip, tip number two. And I learned this the hard way. Never agree to do anything while you're stoned because everything seems like a good idea <laughs> when you're stoned. So don't go into business deals. Don't agree to help your friends move. Yeah. Just like, just know like you're stoned and it's, it's everything's yes all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just so if someone asks you to do something when you're high, just be like, let me think about yeah. it. I'll get back to, to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is a great tip. That is an, right. that is key. <laughs> That's experience talking. I'll yeah, tell you. <laughs> exactly. So what kind of situations have you got yourself into? Oh my god! <laughs> like, well, it's, especially since I've had my own business, people like will pitch stuff to me, especially at cannabis events. Yes. So you're already stoned because yeah. you're at a cannabis <laughs> event, and everyone's and consuming you know, it. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's in a great mood. Yeah. It's like yeah, there's a vibe going. You're like, yeah, it's a great idea, <laughs> and then you find out like two weeks later that it's you're the one doing the event and yeah. for free <laughs> and on all the things and it's like why why did I say yeah yes? you're like did I actually agree to this <laughs> was yeah, this right? but I remember agreeing <laughs> to <laughs> something yeah. Oh. Oh. yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's a great tip and um actually speaking of your cat though I was just thinking does your cat consume any kind of cannabis CBD? Because I know pet CBD is is a thing. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I've known a hyperactive dog that was on it that, it, yeah, it helped her out quite a bit. She was a lot more chill. My cat isn't just because I can't manage to make her take anything. Oh. <laughs> but I do, there was one time when I was on my couch and I was smoking a pipe mm-hmm. and she was uh, right next to my shoulder on the couch, just sitting right next to me. And the, uh, the little like, uh, smoke is coming off the pipe. And I noticed her inhale <laughs> the smoke that was coming off of the pipe. So <laughs> I always ca- caught her doing it once. I don't know if she's just doing it cause I'm around yeah. or whatever, but I've actually seen that cat inhale cannabis, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> so definitely mine. <laughs> so she's pretty used to it. Yeah, she's like, I don't smoke indoors anymore, but she's used to being around it. And if I've got a vape pen, she's like right on my lap kind of thing. So, she knows when it's time. Yeah. <laughs> she knows, yes. So and she's big into the catnip too. So I think she's just a little stoned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. And what are you smoking at the moment? Let's see. So flower-wise, I'm smoking something called pink tuna. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in the cartridge, I've just got a blue skittle so nice uh, yeah yeah i mean i go for concentration more than anything Mm -hmm. like my whole somalia background is more about um smelling the flower and inspecting it and like looking at the data behind it as opposed to figuring out the strain Mm -hmm. name so strain name doesn't mean much to me i go in the dispensary and i go 
right to the highest percentage, usually the indicas, mm-hmm. specifically the cushions. Yeah. That's usually like right where I'm at. Like, don't even show me anything that's a 16%. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want, I want a cush and I want a cush at like 29 to 26% generally. So, nice. Yeah. And what kind of further education on cannabis are you doing at the moment? Hmm. Market research. <laughs> <laughs> Always market research. That's the most important. I mean, yeah, that's really because the training is all but because training is in-person events and a lot of it as well. Mm. So unfortunately, that stuff's kind of come to a halt. I wouldn't mind getting my Canareps sommelier levels at some mm-hmm. point or keep going with the trichome people. Yeah. The trichome, like I like their philosophy. The only downside is they're American. Mm. So, uh, so a lot of their events are in America. But True. the States is changing attitudes on that too because like I always said, like if I'm in cannabis, I can't really go to the States until they start legalizing it, but it looks like they're really on the precipice of going federal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Biden said he doesn't want to federally legalize it, but I don't know if they'll have much of a choice. Mm, yeah. They kind of <laughs> promised it. They kind of did. And it's just, it's almost at the point where it's a watershed, like every state almost now mm-hmm. has it legal. Yeah. So at least at a medicinal level or decriminalized. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's like some like 47 states have some form of legal cannabis. Mm-hmm. Like that's, like why at this point are you not making it federal so Mm -hmm. we'll see i mean but i I saw that some people in biden's cabinet got excused because of past cannabis use so there's really kind of a mixed message yeah going on it is a bit confusing but i'd love to oh yeah but i mean when i go to the states there's two places i want to go and it's vegas and california and two states that have legalized weed Mm -hmm. and really embraced it and really kind of incorporated it into the tourism sector and so if i'm going to go anywhere it'll be those two places when I first moved to Vancouver, it wasn't legal, but it was kind of open, like an open secret. Mm-hmm. And so I remember smoking a joint on the sidewalk and coming from a much more conservative place, just flipping out because we're smoking on the sidewalk, passing like cops and all these people. Mm. And like, and of course, cannabis makes you paranoid. So you're looking around, yeah. but like nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody's looking at you. <laughs> it's just such a mind blowing experience to go to a culture where it's, yeah, nobody cares and no one's going to hassle you about it. So. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing that blew my mind as well was how accessible it was even pre-legalization. There were so many dispensaries around all with, you know, pretty good product for the most part and just how openly accepted it was, how much, how often I would just smell it walking down the street more than a cigarette, you know, I would smell cannabis so much more often and then to come back home (laughs) to a very opposite environment, it took a bit of adjusting of like, oh yeah, I'm actually in a country that it's illegal and I could really get into a lot of trouble talking about it. So here I am. Yeah, and it's it's hard for me almost to like picture that mm. now. Like if I hadn't grown up through this phase in Canadian history, it would it would hard be hard for me to even picture it because it's changed so much in just 10 years even. Mm. But uh, yeah. it has changed. And uh, I, I wanted to add this. So I'm a huge cricket fan. Mm-hmm. And I started watching cricket because I started watching a World Cup tournament in the West Indies. Right. And it was just a beautiful day. People are out on the pitch or not on the pitch, on the on the hillside next to it, just mm-hmm. having a grand time. And I just, I, I loved the whole sport and how chill it was. And so uh, my best friend and I decided to go to Stanley Park in Vancouver and watch the cricket there. Oh, yeah. But instead of drinking beer, because neither of us are drinkers or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, you smoke joints or you eat cat- cannabis. And I tell you, there's nothing better than watching a cricket game 
stoned on a beautiful day like for that reason alone it's really cool <laughs> yes. in New Zealand because you guys have some beautiful beautiful cricket pitches and some beautiful parks yeah. and I would have loved nothing more than to just have had a couple of joints or a couple of edibles and just sit on that hillside for like six hours because like we got beer in the four pack and couldn't believe it like that was the minimum was four yeah <laughs> and we're like I can have this much beer but I can't smoke a joint on a beautiful day mm-hmm. <laughs> that sucks <laughs> I know I know it's literally back to the back to the past not even back to the future when I come back to Vancouver <laughs> know, it'll right? be back to the future but I had to come back into the past first yeah well you got to right the wrongs you got to fix what happened in the past so it's a better future yeah, right exactly <laughs> exactly that's awesome though that you get to enjoy cannabis and cricket at the same time yes. highly recommend mm. highly highly recommended mm-hmm. no pun intended uh, yo, no intended. <laughs> completely intended <laughs> completely intended yeah that's amazing and do you have any kind of favorite legal products on the market Hmm. well I'm kind of getting into the world of topicals although I don't use a lot of THC topicals Mm -hmm. Um, so legally like there's some stuff that like I want to try I just haven't gotten around to like some of the oral sprays Mm. or some of the sublingual Mm -hmm. excuse me stuff um I'm kind of waiting for cannabis to be offered, specifically maybe medical cannabis to be offered in uh, the pharmacies here, because that's something that's coming down the pipe. Yep. Like there's a big pharmacy chain that's going to start having access. And I'd love to see if they have like patches or sprays. So if they do, I'll get a prescription again and I'll go to those pharmacies mm-hmm. just to kind of try out the latest and the greatest technology, mm-hmm. basically, and see if it works yeah. for me. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm definitely interested to try some of the sublingual products as well. So you mentioned that you were quite a heavy drinker when you were younger, just given the environment that you also grew up in as well. What changed you from being a drinker to not being a drinker at all? The lack of a hangover. Because <laughs> when I was drinking a lot, like, I, I mean, tequila was my poison of choice. That's <laughs> so pretty stupid. hard. Yeah. And I could drink the place dry tequila sometimes. Wow. Like, like it was... Yeah, it was. I was drinking a lot of tequila, and then I think a big frost happened, and then they were like all of a sudden tequila was not. It was super expensive, so I went to whiskey, which was even worse because wow. whiskey makes you really aggressive. Wow. <laughs> so, and I was getting to the point of having like two day hangovers, and it was just. Uh, oh and, and again with the IBS, I was getting the gut rot. Like oh, I was just no. feeling just like total poop. Yeah. Uh, you know, the next two days, and I'm like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. And so at the same time, I was increasing my cannabis usage. And uh, basically after that, I was just like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to stick to cannabis. I don't feel like poop the next Mm -hmm. day. And it's, and even back then it was cheaper than a night out of drinking basically. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it's cheaper and there's no hangover and it helps all this other stuff. I'm just going straight out kind of thing. So I was, I was one of the lucky ones out of the people I know. Like I didn't have a huge, withdrawal or anything like that so because some of my heavier drinking friends like it was a struggle for them to cut back for sure right. at that young age so um maybe it was the cannabis that helped with that kind of supplemented it but I kind of very quickly went from going to the bar all night and drinking all night to staying at home smoking cannabis and watching anime <laughs> for you know a couple of days so yeah I, I, it's it was probably 
partly like just the physical, but it's probably just kind of age as well, just getting to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just too hard on my body. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on Bellas Who Blaze. It's been amazing to chat with you and catch up, talk about cannabis and all the other things around cannabis that we love. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bellas Who Blaze. You can find Danny at Hempress underscore Adina on Instagram. So make sure you check out her page and all her amazing cannabis crafts. We'll see you again next week. Same time, same place. And until then, matane and matewa. Thanks for listening to Bellas Who Blaze.